0: You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. A Russian invasion of Israel is inevitable. In these episodes, there's about nine in this particular broadcast, we detail examination of the sign of the times in relation to Bible prophecy. Current events are building up to the position where Christ will soon return to the earth. Russia will take Turkey back to herself, but this may be after the faithful are taken to judgment. Russia's invasion of Egypt, then Israel, will bring forth the wrath of God upon the nations administered by the saints. Now this series of nine episodes was given yesterday, the 20th of February 2022, at the Brighton Ecclesia by Brother Grant Jolly, who tends to do a yearly review like this um, each year and then he does subsequent ones in between as well. So keep an eye out for them. They're really fascinating and interesting and well worth our consideration. Thank you.
1: That Christ will return at a time of great trouble. In Daniel chapter 12, it says, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was. And then it goes on to speak of the return of the Lord. Then in Luke chapter 21, Verse 25, it says, there shall be signs and upon the earth distress of nation with perplexity. And that word perplexity means no way out. And the sea and the waves roaring. Speaking of the nations, but it also looks like it also speaks of of the earth itself. But let's look at that in a minute. We are living at critical times. Even the world itself acknowledges that. The 2002 Doomsday clock says we're only seconds away from doom, which we believe will, of course, bring a wonderful change to this earth and the establishment of Christ's kingdom. So it's just around the corner. Here's America. America last year, late last year in December, they got together the two key, parliament, uh, key parties, together to increase the amount of debt that they could extend themselves so that the nation could survive. And they had to have it finished uh, by midnight. Well, they got it finished (laughs) one minute past midnight. They had to have it, so they finally agreed, one minute afterwards. And the debt was increased by $2.77 What was it? To bring them through to this year. And now the national debt, total national debt, is supposed to be 30 trillion, 30 trillion. America's in a terrible state, financially. But as well as that, things are happening upon this earth, chaos, signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations, and then it talks about troubles. Here we can see in Russia, the temperature reached in Siberia, can you believe it, 39 degrees centigrade. All the snow melted, the grass grew, it caught on fire, nobody lives up there. And the fire, apparently according to the article said, the fire, nobody put it out, it went to twice the size of Portugal. Fires, because of the heat. Then, rain. Look at Germany, Belgium. There's where the the rainfall was heavy in those red dots. Here's one town, here it is, after the storm. Italy, not the same storm, I might add, got two feet of rain in half a day. (laughs) Actually, New Zealand, Wellington, where we came from, only a few days ago, had the heaviest rain ever recorded. Staggering. And now in the Pacific... Volcano. So we're seeing troubles on all sorts of sides. That volcano went off, it went up to 60 miles in the sky, and the shockwave, or the sound of it, was heard, heard as far away as New Zealand, 2,000 kilometres away. And now they're saying the sunsets here in Ast- Adelaide, or Australia at least, are being affected by the dust. Well, brethren and sisters, It's a staggering time. Here's England, right now, yesterday or the day before. Look at it, 17th of February, and the great storm came. Look at this, here's some sort of church, and then look at the waves coming in, in Cornwall. The speed, they said, was 200 mile per hour. I thought it was 200 kph, but that's what the article said. 200 mile per hour, 200,000 homes without power, 10 fatalities. And it spread right across parts of Europe. Staggering. And what does the scripture say? The Lord said, there will be sea and the waves roaring. Now we know that's symbolic of the nations, but it would appear that it's also literal. Showing us that the time is short. Here's another storm. What an interesting name. Elpis, hope. Here's the storm and hit up in the area of Istanbul up there. See, Istanbul under snow. Seems staggering, doesn't it? And it spread down to Israel, hit Jerusalem. And that, look at the date, this year, early this year. Staggering that what we are seeing. Amazing signs. Here's Australia. Here's, look, 17th, only a few days away. Go, go. Here's the cases of coronavirus right across the country. Terrible what's going on there. But you know, we're reading Ezekiel chapter 38, aren't we? What does it say there? It says, you look at verse 22. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood and with rain upon him and upon his bands. Pestilence. It won't go away till after Armageddon, till the return of Christ. And so the problems will be there then, which is going to happen in the very, very near future. Staggering what we're seeing, isn't it? Ago, 2016, we were expecting Britain to leave Brexit, believe, and have a Brexit. They voted it in. But our writers have said that opus Israel way back, Dr. Thomas said they can't be part of Europe. Brother Mansfield said the same. Many of the others have said the same, that they've got to leave because of what the scripture states. That the Tarshan power, which is Britain will ally with Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and the young lions thereof and will have no part with the earlier part of the chapter which deals with Russia and Europe. So they've got to leave and leave they did. They leave, they did, what was it, 2020, exactly 70 years after the take, they joined, 70 years and three months later. And the scripture says they will be with them for 70 years, Isaiah chapter 24, verse 17 and 18. Well, this is what happened. This is going back a couple of years. But the EU is disintegrating before our eyes. There's Boris. And what's he forming? He's forming a group with the Commonwealth. Isn't that a big surprise? Of course it isn't. Moving away from Britain, joining up with Canada, Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom, and forming a new group Kanzuk, Canadian, Australian, New Zealand, UK. What's that? Well, he said, let's embrace the Commonwealth instead. And that's exactly what he did, fulfilling again exactly what the scriptures say to us, that the young lions will ally itself with Tarshish. And so here we can see some of the Prime Minister's and here's a picture depicted back in the days of the Second, First World War. There's Britain and the young lions coming to its support way back there. I put that picture in because they put a lion in it, which is what the scripture states. Well, it's gone further than that. Now we aren't getting our equipment built in Europe, not France. We, wouldn't. we don't want our submarines built there. We want ones a little bit better than that, let's get nuclear submarines, they have to be built in America. And so we're pulled out and we become further distanced from Europe and the consequence, a new group formed for military purposes, the AUKUS group, a defence pack, a wake up call for Europe because we're distanced from them, they're going to have to look after themselves more than what was before. And so that break has taken place. And here in Europe, what about them? Well, here's one of the key leaders of Europe, the President of the European Commission, or the EU group, and she, Ursula van der Leyen, she said to her, People, her factories particularly in Europe, some of them, I'm going to have to take control of your factory here and here and here, and put them on a footing where they build weapons to defend Europe, to support NATO. So say you owned a part of that factory, you had a few shares in it, what would you do? It's going to be taken over by the government. She said that, started last year. So what did they do? The owners, more often than not, sold up their shares, got the money, instead of putting it in their pocket, they thought, well, where's a safer spot than Europe? They said, Britain, Britain. And this is what happened to the exchange rate. Early part of last year, oh, sorry, 2000, yeah, last year, that's right. So early part of last year, it grew, grew dramatically. As money came from Europe, into Britain as they sold up their factories, some of them. So it was an incredible situation how Britain has prospered out of that. So indeed, here we can see exactly what Scripture said. We know, don't we? Look at verse 13, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, that's Britain as we know, with all the young lions thereof and that's the commonwealth countries and they shall say out oh, they'll come to take a spoil talking to Russia later when they come into the middle east Let's look at Europe. Dramatic events are happening at Europe every, almost every hour at the moment, it would seem. Well, the scripture tells us that Russia will ally with or conquer Europe. We don't know how it's going to be achieved utterly, but they will be allied with Europe totally. More on that in a minute. Here's what we've just read that supports that. GOG, a title used of Russia of the land of Magog, that's central Europe, predominantly Germany, is called the chief. The Hebrew word for chief is Rosh, from which we get Russia, with Goma, France, and Tagama, Turkey, at the north quarters, and all his bands and many people with it. So what we're going to see is Europe allied to Russia. Now, if you want to have more information on that later, Ask somebody next door to you or come and have a chat to me later. Well, what are we going to look at tonight? We're looking particularly at the signs that have been happening. And so we're going to have a look at some of Russia's achievements this last year, 2021 through to now, in Belarus, in Kazakhstan, the manoeuvre called ZAPAD 2021, the military exercise. I believe it means Western. And every, every four years they do a defence tactics as if they're defending against NATO. And then Russia limits the European gas and oil supplies. And now Russia threatens to take Ukraine, and then it would seem Eastern Europe and probably all Europe, and we'll look at that in a minute. So what's going on? Well we come back to mid last year, 2021. And there we can see Russia has got control somewhat of Belarus. There's the Prime Minister of Belarus and Putin. There was protest that all hushed up when they feared Russia and what Russia was doing. And consequently, Russia, Belarus fundamentally, has fallen under the influence of Russia. More on that in a minute because Russia's been moving weaponry, weaponry into that area of Belarus. So that happened mid last year. So the Belarus president warns, the entire continent of Europe is on the verge of war. And that was stated by this chappie yesterday. Yesterday, it's on the verge of war because of what Russia has done, particularly somewhat moving into Belarus and on the borders of Russia facing Ukraine. Well then, Russia moved January last year, moved into the area of Kazakhstan. Here it is. It's a huge area, very rich in oil. But the President or Prime Minister had troubles and said to Russia, well, we're allied with you, come and help me. And in they came. They sent quite a few troops in there. Here's pictures of them. There's the force arriving at the presidential request. And They shot some of the protesters, shot them dead in the streets, calmed everything down, got everything back under control under that president and fundamentally under the control of Russia and then went home. Russia reasserted its control brutally over Kazakhstan. What a message. What a message. Think of what Ukraine must be thinking. Well. In September last year, Russia did the largest military manoeuvre ever done in the last 40 years in the area of Europe. That was the exercise they do every so I think it's every four years, on the border. But this time it was huge. They brought into that area 200,000 troops, along with 290 tanks and such like into there. They built 20 bases. And those soldiers are there now, they haven't gone home. OK, it's only September last year, but you can see they've moved in dramatically into the areas of Europe. Now facing particularly the West, OK? But Russia is now using another weapon. It would appear to be oil and natural gas. Huge quantities of gas come through Ukraine into Europe. Huge quantities come down, we'll talk about it in a second, through the Nordic One pipeline. Another lot through the pipeline through Poland and so forth. They're coming into Europe and Europe needs it. Winter's about to come. Well, winter has come. If you went to the rivers today, you could walk right across them. They're frozen hard, freezing there in Europe and they're dependent very much on that, the gas coming from Russia and he's now using it as a weapon against Europe. Go against me and we'll cut your gas off, we'll cut your oil off, no cars on the road, no heaters in your house, no stoves, it's gonna freeze. Well, things have been moving. You see, there are some of the pipelines going in from Russia, some through Belarus, some through Ukraine. That particular one, the Yamal pipeline there, was cut last year, opened up for a little while, and then cut again. Now no oil is coming through there into Poland. The Germans, in their kindness, are backflowing oil through the Yamal pipeline so that they can get a little bit of heat in their homes. But that's meaning less for Germany. Germany's in real trouble. They've built a second pipeline. Look, but it's not being used. It's like a gun to their head. You do what we want, who says Russia, or else we're not supplying the natural gas. And if we cut Ukraine off, through which masses of gas come, you're going to freeze. So the message is this. Russia can cut the gas pipelines to Europe, through Poland and through Ukraine, and Europe is going to freeze. So you're living in Europe. What are you going to do? You're going to buy as much gas as you can if you can stockpile it, and they do do that. Some of the places have got cylinders. Some of the homes have got cylinders. But the price has gone up a little. It's gone up, well, I did a talk last year and I said it was 420%. Somebody came up and said, you're wrong. I said, oh, no, it's now 600%. Oh, I said, OK. I went home and looked at his site, and about a day or two later on, it had gone to 800%, but it's come back a bit since then. So they're saying some of the homes are having to pay up to $1,000 a month to keep heated. You think of it, and it could be totally cut off in a blink. Russia is really threatening Europe in many ways. Well, here's one of the headlines, one of the front pages of a paper. On the brink, Russia invading of Ukraine, and they are putting troops in these areas here, all around to threaten Russia. More on that in a minute. So, here we can see the next thing they're worrying about is that Russia might move into the areas here, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, right down to that area there and get control of the Eastern European area again and ultimately Europe. They're exceedingly worried by what's going on, exceedingly worried. Well, things are moving. But, you know, it's quite funny, really. It's an echo of the past, long ago. You see, in the Bible, it speaks of Russia, Russia as Rosh, not spelt that way in the King James, but R-O-R-O-S-H. Well, it was based initially in that place there, Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. And the man who was in charge of that in those days was this chap here. The man who looked after the Kievian Russ was Vladimir. Not Vladimir Putin, but it's an echo. And he moved the capital later on to Moscow, or ultimately to Moscow. Echo of the past, so says the Encyclopaedia Britannica. And we're seeing this being reversed in the other way. Putin wanted to control the Ukrainian area. And coming back to total control of Rosh, the territory described in the scriptures. So what's been happening? Massive amounts of weaponry have been pouring across the country into Europe, into Russia. Look what's going on there. 12 military freight trains pass west in one day, pass 7,000 kilometres across to Ukraine border to build up the weaponry. Staggering what's going on. Little wonder there's the Prime Minister of Ukraine. He flew over to see Mr Biden and he said, please help us. Oh, Mr Biden says, oh, no, not really. Um, We don't want to help you through NATO or Russia might invade. He got no real clear answers coming back. But things are looking scary. What about Germany? Germany is one of the top producers of arms in the world. I think it's number three. And it's not allowing its weapons to go to Ukraine. Look, it's a joke. Ukraine begged them weapons. They said, oh, yeah, well, we'll send you some helmets. Well, they said, send us over 10,000. They sent 5,000 and a hospital, a portable hospital. Papers saw it as a joke. They weren't helping. And the idea that Germany, delivers weapons that could then be used to kill Russians, is very difficult to stomach for many Germans. They fear what might happen. They're afraid. More on that in a second. Here's The Economist. Only a few days ago, last week, The Economist wrote this article. As the world wonders if Vladimir Putin will invade Ukraine, the battle for the West is already underway. Without firing a shot, Putin has attacked the transatlantic alliance at its weakest link, Germany. All confidence in Germany has deteriorated by, by last month that Britain, for fear of overflying Germany with weapons for Ukraine, flew around them. Germany said to countries that have bought weapons from Germany, don't send them to, U- to Ukraine. That's illegal. So we know what's going to happen, don't we? The scripture says the power of Russia will be allied with the power of Magog, which, as I have said, is Central Europe, but dominantly Germany. And indeed, that seems to be happening before our eyes. As well as that, Russia has acted strongly. Dangerous moment. What have they done? They sent ships into eastern Mediterranean and then into the Black Sea up here. Well, Turkey said you're not allowed to send certain types of ships in there, one of which was a submarine. So they sailed it through, there it is, and they raised the Turkish flag as they went through. Bluff. But the weapons are huge that's coming in there. Russia sent not 140,000 troops, but they sent 140,000 troops to sea, many of them in the eastern Mediterranean, but some of them into the Black Sea. Massive numbers of weaponry, staggering numbers. People in Sweden are seeing them passing day after day after day, going out into the world scene, Russian ships. And so what are we seeing happening? Europe's military threat will rise if Russia invades Ukraine. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, they could be next. Now members of the NATO alliance and the European Union are worried that they could then be next. So maybe this is what's going to happen. Those top states, those states there, we'll look at them again in a second. Most of the people in those countries speak German, sorry, Russian. Sorry, I think it's about 38%, but in some of those countries it's over 50%. And then we expect that to finally happen. More on that in a minute. So things are moving. The Baltic is ready for the worst as Russia flexes its muscles. And what are they thinking of doing? Moving into those countries there. And so, what's USA doing? Well, they're worried. They can see things are happening. So they've sent soldiers into Poland down here. And into Germany and Romania. The Poles are calling up all sorts of people and bringing up their army as fast as they can. They're terrified. And now... Germany is gone, up to have a chat to Putin. There's the leader, Schultz, the new leader, Mrs Merkel's gone, and he's gone up to talk to Putin. And I believe what he is saying is probably right. Follow diplomacy first if you can. Who knows, Russia could invade, or alternatively he could do what Hitler did in the earlier part of the Second World War. Hitler terrified Austria, Yugoslavia, and so forth, Marched their troops in, and they didn't fire a shot. They just gave up. And Europe may well be in that situation. For all we know, in the near future, one way or another, they're going to control Europe, because the scriptures state so. And so things are looking fairly scary. A Russia masses 175,000 troops on the border of Ukraine. I think they've got 30,000 in Belarus and another 40,000 in Donuts below that country. So they're really building up dramatically, scary. The American soldiers claim Moscow has drawn up plans for a military offensive on several fronts to be the borders of Eastern Europe. So they're going to come in and sweep in not only into Ukraine, but Poland and other countries. The Ukrainian crisis could spill into an invasion and war on European soil. That's what they're worried about. Are we surprised? I guess we are. We know Daniel, Daniel chapter two, spoke of an image, didn't it? The head, as we know is the Russian power, allied with the area of Medo-Persia, Greece, more on that in a minute, and the Roman area, the European area, and particularly for our intent, following what we're saying now, the area of Europe, the Ten Toes. The area that got invaded in many years ago by the Huns, the Vandals, the Visigoths, the Ten, and took control of Europe. China allies with Russia. The scripture says all men will be involved in the conflict in the end. All nations. What about China? Well, here's America. Russia's allying itself with China. Russia and China are bid for an empire, world empire. That's what Putin wants. And China's working together for that, to take its part. Imperial ambitions is what they want. Russia is going to take that, it seems, soon. And China, maybe Taiwan. So they're worried. Russia, America pulled troops out of Afghanistan that the troops might go to Taiwan. They pulled out missiles out of Saudi Arabia and sent them to Taiwan to protect Taiwan. But look at the president. He's in a bad way. President, apparent mental decline. You can't put your trust in America, it would seem at the moment. And here's the front page of The Economist the moment. Look at the headline, which I've enlarged. The most dangerous place on the earth. Mr Abbott went up there and told them they'd better get ready to fight. Things are looking scary, to say the least. But, brethren and sisters, think about this. A distraction from the real threat to Europe and the Middle East. America has particularly promised it would defend Taiwan. If it does do so, Russia's going to be able to move more easily into the area of Europe. They're going to be distracted somewhat, America, from the defence of Europe, who knows. don't we? The scripture states that Russia will control Europe and also move into Turkey and finally into Israel. Turkey has got to be taken control of and it's been weakened every moment. The great river Euphrates has to be dried up. It was dramatically dried up at the close of World War One, when its empire dissolved so to speak. But as well as that, the king of the north shall enter into the countries and into the glorious land. Russia's got to go through it on the way into the land of Israel. So what's Turkey doing? Well, Turkey is allying itself with this chap, somewhat. The second and largest army in NATO is Turkey. But Turkey, well, Erdogan, only a few months ago, went up and saw Mr Putin. There he is his shaking hands with Putin. What they talked about, we don't know, but when he landed, Within hours, huge planes from Russia kept landing, landing, landing with weapons for Turkey. But Turkey's part of NATO. And NATO was furious because they said, look, they'll have devices in it where they can turn it off if you aim it at Russia. You can't use these weapons you bought from Russia to defend you. It's not going to work. And they were furious. And so Erdogan said this, Turkey threatened to expel all NATO's ambassadors, go home. He didn't do it in the end. But you can see which way he's beginning to move. And look at the economy of Turkey. Turkey's in a mess, economically weak. It's really crashing economically. Turkey's inflation rate near 20-year high as the Lira crisis continues. And they said that people are miserable, people are on the street, the poor. A terrible state of affairs. There It is crashing before our eyes. But what about Israel? Well, the Bible says Israel must dwell confidently. Look at Ezekiel 38. I will go up to the land that dwells safely or confidently, and to that which controls the mountains of Israel. More on that in a second. So here's the new government. There's the Prime Minister, Mr. Bennett. You know what he said? Look at these words. When he, just when he came to power. If you want to say that our land does not belong to us, I suggest you go read the Bible first. So he's Bible-based in many of what he is doing. And so what did he do? Well, he's acting. But Ezekiel 37, which we probably know pretty well off by heart, has six steps in it. Ezekiel 37, verses 21 to 22, which brings us to when they will have one king, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, at his return. But look at the last step. One nation upon the mountains of Israel that control the West Bank. What's going on there? As soon as he came to power, Mr Bennett, one of the first things he did was, we're going to build another 130 new settlements in the West Bank. Already nearly a half a million Jews live there. House prices there are a third of what it is across the, the other side of the wall. So people are buying over there. It's not that far to drive. Israel's a tiny little land. Many people are buying holiday houses in the West Bank because it's a lot cheaper. And so things are happening. But the Bible says that when Russia comes down, Ezekiel 38, you know, they come for a spoil, for plunder, spoil, plunder, spoil. What's they're going to rip, strip from Israel? What's Israel got? Well, look at this. Look at the date. November this year. The strongest currency in the world, Israel. It's booming. Booming. Look what's happened to their exchange rate. It's gone up like dramatically, brethren and sisters. Look at it. It's really prospering. At a twenty-five-year high, and it doesn't look like it's going to back off. And consequently, its foreign exchange reserves are growing dramatically. It's rich, relatively speaking. It's prospering in an area that, in a world that's going backward economically, one of the reasons is their alliance with the Arab countries. Look, in one year, the trade has increased by three times more with the United Arab Emirates, Jordan, and so forth. They're booming. As well as that, it's a wonderful country. Population's increased nine times since 1948. They're much happier than any European country. The highest number of scientific publications per head of population in the world. The highest worldwide publication of new books. Chess masters, greatest per capita in the world, and so on and so on. They're a wonderful country. Very brilliant academically. Well, as well as that, they've now produced the weapon. They reckon give us only a few more months and it'll be running, and we can knock out missiles coming in by this laser device, which fires one trillion watts in a quadrillion of a second, boom, boom, boom. Burns out the guidance networks and the gun, the t- trigger of the missiles. And also planes, I wouldn't like to be the pilot, I would like welding glasses on, I think, if I was flying one of those planes coming into Israel. You think of what's happening. Oh, staggering. The scripture speaks of Iran, Persia and Afghanistan. In Ezekiel 38 it speaks of Rosh, allied with the utmost parts, coming out of the utmost parts of the north, Russia of course, allied with Persia, which is Iran. Later on we'll talk about Ethiopia and Libya, if we've got time hopefully. But Russia in 2015, exactly the date the scripture predicted, moved into the Middle East. They moved into the area of Syria and now a, built a little port, there it is, that they use. There is a the port at La which they have built for their purposes. The port was there before, but they've expanded it like that. And now they've got their chief base, military base, 85 kilometres from the borders of Israel. Think of it. And they're now flying just, look, January this year, Bombers with Syria along the Golan Heights. Scary, isn't it? Clear message to Israel, look out. During the Gaza war, they said, if you kill any more Palestinians, those people in the Gaza, we will go to war with you, said Israel. Putin told Netanyahu Russia could declare war on Israel in the middle of the Palestinian row, if it continues. He said that not once, but twice. Israel's got the message, and we know the scripture states that's exactly what he will do, ultimately. But now, remember that image? The first part, silver, speaks of the Persian Empire. The next, the Grecian, okay? There's the maps of them. But look, there was a country that was missing. Not anymore. Afghanistan. America pulled out, immediately they pulled out, the Taliban got on their planes, and flew up to see Moscow. They went up to see Russia and allied themselves, shaking hands with them, and now it's part of that territory which we know is part of the empire that ultimately must stand. So things are dramatic. What about Persia? What about Iran? Same area. The new leader? The butcher of Tehran, a mass murderer. Look what he's done. Cranes and the hanging people who don't do what he wants. He came to power about six months ago. Brutal. And look what he's done. Immediately he came to power. He made a little flight up there to Moscow. Shook hands again with the Russians, allied with them. There he is, together. And so we can see the alliance being formed before our eyes. It's dramatic, brethren and sisters. But you know, he's done something very dramatic. He's finished the building of a pipeline from where they get their oil and load aboard ships and sail them out here. He's made a pipeline here. Only costs 1.1 billion and runs 1,000 kilometers and doesn't use the Persian Gulf. In other words, he can close the Persian Gulf off in a blink if he wants to and still get Iran's oil out to sea. But you know what's happening? Now there's the eighth round of discussion. And America's getting concerned too. And Israel is saying we're going to have to act because they're building nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons. It's only months away. And they're going to have to act. Now look when the date said, it's now only weeks away when Israel will have to act. You see, Russia's for a long time been building nuclear power stations and. Weapon sites where they're building uranium, plutonium, underground, that they might use nuclear weapons and they've gone and built the missiles. And their prime aim is this. Hit Israel. Hit Israel. The real threat of Iran. So the days are short. So what's the world doing? All of a sudden they're seeing things very, very concerned. And now with Saudi Arabia, Israel, America, have come together and done the largest naval manoeuvre in the Middle East. It's going to last for 18 days. It's now underway. They've got their 50 ships, 60 nations involved in it. What are they trying to do? The ships are in the Persian Gulf, the Gulf of Oman, the Red Sea and eastern Mediterranean surrounding Israel. They're really worried. A huge, the largest naval military manoeuvre in the Middle East. Staggering. Right now. But what did the Bible say? Well, our writer, Dr Thomas, many years ago said this in, there we are, a few of those things. If you want to jot them down, you can have a look at it. He said there's going to be a major naval manoeuvre in the Persian Gulf. Whether it's now or later, we don't know. But we can see what Iran's going to try and do, cut Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, United Arab Emirates from exporting their oil. You know, Australia gets 84% of its oil out of the Persian Gulf. If the Persian Gulf stopped, they reckon we've got four weeks of oil. Well, that's what they said a couple of years ago. So I hope it's a little bit more than that now. But keep your cars filled up with petrol, because it might stop at any moment. Well, things are moving. But the Gulf states have got an ally with the West and Israel. Sheba, Dedan, Oman, Moab. Okay, there's the, United Arab- there's the Abraham alliance. We've looked at that before. All of those countries are those countries maimed a few moments ago. So they've got to ally themselves with Israel and the Tarsian powers. America's major base was over here in Qatar. July last year, look, they shifted it to Edom, Ammon and Moab into the territory of Jordan. No big surprise for us. No big surprise. As well as that, here we can see Israel allying itself with with the area of Amman. He went over to see King Abdullah, as soon as he came to power. Then he sent the Israeli president, only a few weeks ago, over to the area of United Arab Emirates. There is he, he with his wife there, talking to the leadership. And now he's allied himself with Bahran. No big surprise to us, because that's what the scripture told us would happen. Dramatically, those areas are coming together. Lastly, what about Libya, Ethiopia? They've got to be allied with Russia. And what about Egypt? Well, we know, don't we? Ethiopia, the territory of Sudan and Ethiopia. It's the Hebrew word, Kush. It's not the Hebrew word that's normally translated Ethiopia. But it's Sudan. We'll talk at that in a minute. And Ethiopia, that territory. Along with Libya. And all of them were shield and helmet. Daniel says much the same. The Libyans and Ethiopians will be with the King of the North, Russia, when it comes into the Middle East. So here we can see the Defence Minister shaking hands with the Libyan Prime Minister up in Russia. Renewed military cooperation war, shouted Libya. This last year, they're our great friends. And Russia is therefore strongly in Libya which is a major supplier of oil, to Europe. He wants to cut that off and to bring Europe under his control. Libya is critical. And he's in there now, dramatically. What about Ethiopia and Libya? Well, that's the area of, well, what the scripture says is the area of Ethiopia. Hebrew word, kush. And if you look up where the territory of Kush is, that's where it is. That's it there, or on two different maps. It's an area that bridges Ethiopia and Sudan. And so it's no big surprise for us, is it, that that area together has got... Oops, I thought there was another picture there. But there are military bases in both Ethiopia, Russian military bases in Ethiopia, uh, in Sudan and in Ethiopia. So they're very strongly allied with Russia. But now, ladies and gentlemen, brethren and sisters, Daniel chapter 11 said this, that the king of the north will come into Israel and go through Israel into Egypt. Let me read it for you. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, that involved Turkey, then Israel, And the land of Egypt shall not escape, but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver and over the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and Ethiopians shall be his companions. Well, we've dealt with the last bit, Libyans and Ethiopians, being companions with Russia. But look what it's saying. When it comes into Egypt, it comes down for a financial reason. Financial reason. Well, why Egypt? is a poverty-stricken country. Not anymore. Last year it had a, I think it was a $50 billion positive consequence. It's growing financially. Why? Well, you see, many years ago, back in about 2015, they found the largest gas field in the whole Mediterranean, twice the size of the field in Israel. At least twice the size of the Leviathan gas field, they said. Massive but it was 120 kilometres off the coast. And it's taken them years and years, knowing Egypt, they're not really that competent, to build the pipeline to the shore. And now they're exporting oil from there, or gas, through Jordan, up through Syria, up up into Lebanon. And so they're getting a positive balance of payments. They're beginning to prosper. Hey, If Europe is coming under Russians' control because Russia is stopping the oil and natural gas, look out, because these are now already loading LPG containers ships for Europe. And so, if Russia wants to control the gas, they've got to stop Europe, uh, stop Egypt. But Egypt is not only doing that. This year, they offered a whole lot of licences. Here's the oil licences in Egypt. They reckon it's absolutely guaranteed to find plenty there. They offered eight licences out of the 33 that were available and instantly they were taken up by huge companies, 1BP, and they promised to spend no less than $250 million per licence. And so it's going to look like it's going to prosper well as that, it's interesting that Russia owns a couple of gold mines in Egypt. They say they're privately owned, so they never tell us how much it comes out of it. But a few years ago, an Australian company opened a licence up next door to the Russian company and it ran for about five or ten years, and it was the richest gold mine owned by an Australian company anywhere in the world till it ran out of gold. They didn't have a good licence like the Russians did down the valley. So Russia gets gold there, and it also gets, let's say, liquid gold oil from that area. Well, they don't get it, but Egypt does. So it's beginning to prosper. You know, my dear brethren and sisters, isn't it remarkable? Everything we know about scripture is coming to pass before our eyes, and Russia looks like it's moving at any moment, it's going to move into Europe. It'll come in by weaponry, guns or such like, or maybe, as I suggested the year before, many of those countries might capitulate like in the Second World War. What happened? Russia, Germany went into Austria, Czechoslovakia, and they just... and didn't fight. Who knows what's going to happen? But even Germany at the moment is a very strong, powerful nation. Is a bit that way. So we're going to have to see how it all works out. But we do know that Daniel's image will finally stand, almost certainly, after we are taken to Sinai, after Christ has returned. But it's going to stand. And all Europe will be allied with him and with Russia. So my dear brethren and sisters, the papers are saying Russian invasion of Ukraine, only days away, well war- warned. Look at the date, the 18th. My clock says to me it's the 20th. Only two days ago, he said, Biden said, full war between Russia and Ukraine. That's what they think. They've got spies in, German, in Russia and they may know what's going to happen and how it's going to be accomplished. We don't know exactly, but it will be accomplished. And here's our Minister of Defence, Mr Dutton. Look at the date. Oh, I haven't got it up there. Yes, I have, February the 18th. Well, as I said, the 20th, two days ago, in Parliament, last Parliament there, and he stood up, and Mr Dutton said, answering key questions for the Aussie troops, as Russia prepares to invade Ukraine. So Mr Dutton gave an ominous warning about the looming Russian invasion on Friday, saying he believes the world is on the cusp now of all-out conflict. How long have we got? Christ's return is any moment now. We know that image has got to stand up. We know Russia's got to conquer. But we know that Christ's return, symbolised by that stone power, will be formed while the image is finally standing the days are short we need to remember what the scripture said maybe we should turn this up we all know it off by heart but have a look at Mark chapter 16 verse 15 very critical verse here's some of the last words the Lord caused to be said in Mark chapter 16 verse 15 before he ascended to heaven remember he's going to come back 318, quote, say he certainly will. And he said unto them, verse 15, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What's the gospel? It's a good news in regard to the kingdom of God and in regard to what we are like and what we must do. The good news is that the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, how we can be saved through him. We must know that. Know that in detail, clearly. But he that believeth not shall be condemned. But these signs shall follow them that believe. Oh, sorry, let me read again verse 16. He that believeth and is baptised shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be condemned. So if you look at the PowerPoint, the three essential steps for salvation are given to us. Number one, we must believe that gospel Number two, we must be baptised. And number three, we must continue faithfully until he comes. It's just around the corner. It's just around the corner. The kingdom will be established. And my dear brethren and sisters and ladies and gentlemen, then the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, said Moses way back in Numbers chapter 14 verse 21, and restated as we know, repeatedly in the scriptures, in other words. The days are exceedingly short. The time of Christ's return is almost here. Be prepared. Thank you.